Welcome to the River City Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message delivered by Pastor Chris Nelson. How you guys doing, River City? If you're at home right now watching, you know how we always do it every week. Where you at, River City? Cool, man. Hey, we're still working on transitional things, stuff like that. Sorry about that little pause right there. We'll get the, we'll get back on it here, right here. Guys, man, everybody here is doing such a great job. I, I'd like to personally say thank you to everybody making it possible. We, we're not used to doing live feeds and doing all this stuff, but here we are, and we're doing it. This is, and the reason I'm bringing that up, and, and I'm kind of telling you that, is because the church is getting better right now. And I want you to realize that this is not a time for us to fall back or to fall behind. Instead, right now, we're looking at this as an opportunity for the church to move forward in what God has called us to do. And we've been talking about turning fear into faith, and we've been talking about a lot of those things over the past. The last three messages that have come at you have been focused on fear to faith. And today, I just want to make the point to you, we're moving on from there today. We're moving on into victory. Even in the middle of all that's going on, we don't care. It's not going to control us. It's not going to control our feelings and what's going on around us. It's not going to control the way we act right now. But what's going to control the way we act right now is God himself. And so we're putting ourselves in that place to let God do that. Hey, guys, if it's your first time, we actually saw earlier uh, in our pre-service that it was someone's first time here with us at River City. I would just like to say thank you for joining us here at River City. That means a ton to us. And uh, for those of us who are here on set today, can we go ahead and say give it up for everybody who's joining us for the first time. There you go. Everybody here. Good to see you. There's only, uh, by the way, we're actually uh, trying to comply with uh, with city ordinance standards. That was not as many people as it may have sounded like. But uh, we're, we're having a good time here uh, just worshiping God. I'm going to tell you what, I hope you're feeling what we just felt here. Uh, worshiping God this morning. We just felt the presence of God in this place. And I want to tell you right now, this is exactly how we fight our battles. And I, I feel emotional preaching this right now and speaking what I'm about to preach to you today because it's something It's something from my heart. It's something we ended our Wednesday uh, set up with, with Pastor, Nell, Pastor Robert and myself. It's something we ended with, uh, just a quick scripture and a focus on a small area there. But today, I felt like this is, this is actually the preach point today. And I want to bring this to you because I want to encourage you in your situation where you're at right now, sitting at your house, whether you're sitting on your, whether you're sitting on the, in your living room, on the couch, where you're still sitting in bed, watching this, however you're doing, or if you're sitting on the throne, and you know what that means in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah, okay, I got jokes like that. But anyways, hey guys, no matter where you're at right now, God is with you, and I want to tell you that this morning. I want to tell you no matter what situation you're facing, God is with you. And I want to remind you one more time, if you want to give this morning, you can give this morning through a Tithely app or through text to give and there's that information should be coming up on screen for you so you can see all that going on but I don't want to focus on that this morning I want to focus on this you heard in the pre-service if you, if you missed that pre-service uh, party that we had there for about 10 minutes I just want to tell you right now this week this church was able to to be used through Texas Hunger Initiative and through Waco ISD to feed 266 kids this week isn't that exciting 266 meals went out this week and we're pretty excited about that. And, and it's just simply God just, I, I say it's favor and it's a blessing of God that we get to continue to make a difference even through this time. So if you're, even if you're watching right now and you say, well, Chris, I, I feel like my kids, man, we're, we're running a little low on, on uh, food right now. 
Well, kids from the ages of 1 to 18 years old can actually come here. You don't have to be in Waco ISD. You can be any, anyone in that age range can come and get a meal here tomorrow, and I believe that's going to be between 1030 and 1230 that you can actually come here uh, and get a meal uh, uh, taken care of. That, that's going to be a hot prepared meal, and that's breakfast and lunch. They take care of lunch that day and then breakfast the next morning to make sure you're ready to go and that your kids can eat. All right, y'all ready for some word this morning? Where you at? Let me hear you at home. Come on, I hope some people are like actually getting with me here and I'm not all by myself getting excited about this. I believe that. I believe that's what's going on right now. And uh, there's, there's, about, there's about six people here with me right now who are ready for this. And we're pretty pumped about it. So uh, I've just, I've just been kind of uh, experiencing some new things uh, in this time of sitting at the house and being with your kids. You, you, you notice things that you probably haven't noticed before uh, because you're spending a lot more time with your kids right now. And so one of the things I'm noticing is, is how much I need to work on how much my kids listen to me. Anybody else? Like, you starting to feel that? It's like, man, like, uh, dude, I just said do such and such. I'm finding myself act like my dad all of a sudden. I'm becoming that dad. My dad jokes are going through the roof right now. That's another thing that's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm really feeling the dadness right now. But, you know, one thing I really notice in, in, in working with my kids during this time and spending time with my kids is that I know things they don't know, right? And this, this ties in today, just hang with me for a little bit. This ties in exactly to where I'm headed today. I know things that they do not know. And that's why we're playing in the front yard and they're, they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And trust me, my four daughters after being cooped up in the house for a little bit, they have literally been running around at sometimes like chickens with their heads cut off and going crazy around the house. And it's been pretty interesting seeing this go on. So when you unlock the door and you let them out, when the, when the weather's been nice and the sun's come out and their yard's not muddy, we unlock the door and let them out. And man, it is like letting the cows out, dude. They, they, they just go nuts for a little while running out of the yard. It gets interesting. You know, I got one in a diaper running around the yard. Y'all know how that goes. And as long as her diaper, you know, you let her go and have fun. As long as her diaper doesn't sag the ground, we're good to go. So uh, she can get out there all day long. <laughs> as long as that, no, I'm kidding. I, I, yeah, I'm a redneck family like that. Also, the other day I realized that my kids, and th- this is probably scary for some people, you'll hear this and, and it'll be kind of weird for you, but I realized that my kids were actually throwing the ball back and forth with the neighbor's kids. The quarantine in place, that definitely broke those rules because there's some germs being passed in that moment. And I just, I watched it happen. And I watched them cutting up and having a good time in the backyard with their, their next door neighbor friends. And they're, they're just, they, they don't even realize what's going on. As a parent, I had this moment where I thought, man, my wife's here this morning. I had this split second moment where I thought, should I let them do that? And then I finally, I just said, you know what? In Jesus' name, God, I just plead your blood right now over that ball right now and all them germs being passed. And uh, well, why are you talking about this stuff? Because there's things that they, they're, they're just going about what they're doing and I know things that they don't know there are warnings I give them there are things that I do and there are also times that they, they, they get to live in the bliss of knowing mom and dad know better than I do and I just I get to go do what I want until I hear them say no isn't that interesting how that works it's like working in the front yard the other day I was the girls are playing in the front yard and we tell them they go near the road and like don't go on the road why I don't see a car, Dad, but I know a road. I, I know that a car could come down that road. There's things that we understand sometimes as parents, and we warn and we we see things that they don't see. And right now, I don't want to focus on the warning part of that. I want to focus on the seeing part of that. And this morning, that's what I want to focus on as a church is seeing right now in a chaotic time. 
I don't even want to speak the word of that thing that is looming over us right now because I don't know about you. I'm sick of hearing about it. I respect it. I'm, I, I am doing that. My wife told me, she said, if you say that word while you preach today, I'm going to be mad at you. So I am working very hard today. I'm not even going to say the word of our enemy right now. And I'm speaking of it as an enemy right now because anything that creates fear in you and creates the things, the chaos and the, the confusion that's being created in some people's lives right now, that's an enemy, all right? And this is a battlefield right here that we're fighting in. And today I want to help you. I want to help you get beyond that, move on from that if I can for just a minute. So listen to me for just a second as we, we dive a little deeper into this. I want to focus back on a scripture that Dad and I closed with on Wednesday night in our discussion talk, and that was 2 Kings 6, 8 through 16. That's a key point right there. Second King, or this is our key scripture today, 2 Kings 6, 8 through 16. Now, I'm going to open up here, and I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you. Just hang with me. i got some long scriptures to read with you today. Now the king of Aram was, a, was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. He said, beware passing that place because the Arameans are, about, are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king of Israel so that he was on his guard in such places. So here we are, we have the enemy setting up to do things. We have the enemy setting up to, to, to lay a trap before Israel, the king of Israel. And time and time again, God is coming to Elisha and he's showing Elisha basically, hey, look, here's what the enemy's doing. Here's how I want you to get around it, right? Now, everybody say, if you're at home right now, say seer. Elisha is a seer, okay? This is, this is a key point right here. A lot of us, we're struggling right now because we can't see. We're seeing a lot of things go on right now, and there's, no explain, there's, not, a, there's not a great explanation. If you turn on one news, news channel, you see somebody saying one thing, you turn on another news channel, they're saying something totally different. We don't even know who to trust right now. We, fought, we found ourselves in this place, and this is where, I, obviously, I would say trust in God. And that's exactly what Elisha's doing. So what ends up happening is the king of, the, of Aram, he, he is enraged by this, and he summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. He's so convinced. He's watching Israel basically move around every trap they set for him, everything that they're trying to do to come against Israel. God is warning Elisha. Elisha's going to the king of Israel. is telling him, and Israel's reacting to that. So he's mad. He, he's convinced. Somebody's on the Israel. Somebody's got to be talking. Somebody is going outside of here, and they're telling the enemy what we're doing. I think what's so cool about God is when, when you have his perspective, like if you just keep listening to him sometimes, it'll frustrate the enemy. What's amazing is sometimes, even in some of you right now, you may not be worried about what's going on on a global scale right now, but maybe you're fo focusing on or you're, you're dealing with some emotional situations right now. Maybe this is causing other problems to happen in your life right now. And I just want to tell you right now that, that you can, if you will trust in God, it will, it will frustrate what the enemy is trying to do in your life. There's two things. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's warfare taking place in the spiritual realm right now. There's a good and a bad. And I always said if you believe in the devil, then there's a God. And if you believe in God, then you probably want to believe in the devil. There, there are two sides fighting for your focus right now. And just hang with me for a second. Listen to this. So they all come in and said, none of us, Lord, none of us, my king, none of us are going back. But Elisha the prophet 
who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Remember, seer. Elisha is a seer. He's a prophet. He can see things. He can see things beyond. Why? Because he has a, a God perspective. And that's a key point to take away this morning. I'm going I'm to dig into that a little deeper today. Um, today's going to be a little different. I'm kind of digging into this concept a little deeper. So what ends up happening to the king of Aram? He says, go find out where he is so I can send men and capture him. So basically he says, I'm going to fix Israel. I'm just going to capture their seer. I'm going to see the one who's seeing through the prophet. I'm going to capture him. I'm going to take him away. He's their eyes in this situation. He's the one talking to God. Now, you would think as an enemy, if I was coming against an enemy and, and their God was that powerful, they would probably just submit to that God at that moment. Like, I've always thought about I never understood that as a kid. As I'm reading this, they're like, their God is mighty. Their God is great. So we must be doing this. I'm like, why don't you just go, hey, their God is mighty and great. Can I join you? <laughs> like, I've always wondered about that. Why do we kick against what God? But we do it too because we kick against what God is trying to do sometimes. Now, I'm not saying God is trying to do this to us right now. I don't believe that, but I believe God has a purpose in what's going on right now. And I believe God has a purpose for you in this time, in this immediate moment right now. Don't kick against what he's trying to do. Instead, we'll be like Elisha. Listen to this. The report came back. They told him where he was. Then he sent horses and chariots and strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. So, so the king of the, of the Aramaeans actually sends his men. They surround the city where Elisha is. And this is it, man. They got him. They got all their horses and chariots there. They're about to take him down. Here's this moment that they, they've set up for. When the servant of the man of God got up that next morning, so Elisha's servant, he gets up and he went out early in the next morning. An army, or, I'm sorry, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he says to Elisha, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. Now, in this right here, this is a huge moment right here. Because remember, who is Elisha? If you're home right now, remember, say it with me, seer. He's a seer. He's a prophet. He sees through this moment. And he says to his servant, don't be afraid. He says, the prophet answered at that moment. He said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Are more than those who are with them. Now, that's a key point right there. And I'm going to get tossed the towel right now because I'm told my head is glistening. Uh, that is called sweat, uh, perspiration. Some of you perspire. I don't perspire. Uh, I pour sweat, all right? That's just how it goes. But anyways, thank you guys for that. that that's a little, that's a, that's a tip off. I'm, I've got some, some sweat happening right there. But listen to me for a second. Back into this. He says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So here's Elisha in this moment. He steps out of the city. He sees what's going on. He sees the enemy who has surrounded him in this moment. The enemy has laid siege. If you're at home right now, say siege. If you're here with me on set right now, say Siege. Now, this is huge. A lot of us right now feel like we've been laid siege to. We feel like we are under siege. And when I think of under siege, it actually kind of makes me think about like Steven Stagall. Y'all ever seen the under siege? Wasn't that Steven Stagall? Is that just me? Y'all know what I'm talking about. We got some Steven Stagall people. We got some 90s people up in here today. Yeah, there you go. And you know about Stephen Seagal and Under Siege. And right now, maybe we ought to quit hunkering. Maybe we ought to become like Stephen Seagal in the spiritual realm right now. All right? Because that's kind of what Elisha just did right here. Elisha walks out. I love this part because he basically walks out, looks at him, and goes, eh, 
This is what you got. This is what you brought. All right. And I love, I love the kind of the swagger that, that Elisha has right here. He walks out, he looks and goes, cool. They don't even compare to what's with us. And why, am I, why, are you, why, are you, why are you focusing on this? Here's why, because there's some things we can take away from this and we can apply right now in this situation. Someone who has spoken into my life for years, Jonathan Sue, he, 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 he's, he posted something this week, and I, I'm going to butcher what he said, but I, I kind of want to play off of it right now. He talked about this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he was talking about what's going on right now, and he said, what if, just like, what if, what God is using this for the church in this moment, what God is doing right now in the church, what if he is pulling us back he is reshaping us, resetting us, and redefining us for this moment. He even went on in some other posts, I, and I was amening him this week, and I'm stealing from you. If you watch this today, Pastor, Pastor Jonathan, hey, man, thank you, because I'm stealing. I'm preaching on it right now. But he said maybe this is the moment for the American church to understand how to live for God like the rest of the world has had to live for God. Because right now, we, we, we were in moments like right now, and we're, we're looking at God going, God, why would you let things like this? God, I just want to speak. And I'm being, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to be mean this morning, but I am going to be a little straightforward this morning with the American church and with River City right now in the moment that we stand in right now. What if this moment right now, quit looking at it as, don't be a victim, first of all. That's one of the things that, that my wife and I talked about this week. I'm not going to be a victim right now. I choose not to be a victim. I choose not to hunker down and say, poor me. And I've watched so many people come out with depression videos and all those types of deals. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mocking them or being mean to them right now. I just want to tell you right now, you don't have to live in depression right now. You don't have to live in, you don't have to live in fear. You don't, you don't have to live in anxiety right now. You can live in something different. And right now is a time where we ought to go to God and say, God, God, let, 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 me, let me see things the way you see it. And I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes this morning. But listen to this. This is a key point I want to bring to you this morning. God has called the church for this moment. We are called to this moment. What's going on around us? Everything we see going on. We're called to be right here. This is not a surprise to God. God knows exactly where you are right now. And I know we want to be called to grand moments. We want to be called to grand gesture moments. But sometimes God calls you in moments like this. And the question is, will we take an Elisha perspective or will we take the perspective of an unbeliever? What do you mean? I, I, I see, you see so much that goes on on social media and all these types of things. And when I'm looking at the church right now, and I, I'm saying to you, and I may be preaching to the choir with a lot of you, but some of you are feeling some anxiety right now, and I'm telling you, you can toss that aside right now. Because if you could see what is on our side and who is on our side and what our God has prepared for us in this moment, you'd realize I'm called right here. This is where I'm supposed to be, right here in this moment. And as the, the servant of Elisha in that moment is sitting out there, and he's looking at the fact that I can imagine he's clutching his pearls in that moment, and he's, oh, oh no, prophet, oh no, prophet. We're surrounded. And Elisha just steps out and he goes, I'm supposed to be right here.
I can imagine him kicking some dirt around like, here we are. I can always imagine, like I've seen some of those old school preachers. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Those of y'all who are here with me this morning and here with me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've seen some of those old school preachers. And they'll get down there preaching. They got fiery eyes. Like anybody watching at home, you ever seen a preacher preach with fiery eyes and he gets serious? And there's been a few times where I've gotten with it and I can feel it, man. I don't know what I look like. I probably don't look as cool as I feel. You feel like, man, I'm like like on fire right now, dude. But I probably look ridiculous. And that, that's probably happened sometimes. I've seen my dad do it, though. Sometimes when he's getting down, he's preaching, son. He's got the the fire in his eyes and you can see it right and I can imagine Elisha in that moment as he looked out over that that what was what was meant to be a battlefield what was meant to be a moment of capture where he was supposed to be captured and taken in that moment he was supposed to be overcome in that moment that was the plan of the enemy but Elisha he stepped out and I can imagine, like, I just I want to see his eyes. Like, what was his, eye, what was his eyes like at that moment? Like, as he looked out over, was it, was it, I, I just, I just want to believe at that moment he was, the fire in his eyes was like, you have no clue what fight you just picked, enemy. Right, you have no clue what you just did. And right now, we're looking at an enemy, an unseen enemy, and it's, 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 a, it's, it's something, it's a sickness, it's something that we can't control, and we're scared of this thing that we can't see. But I want to tell you right now, the enemy wants to, the, the, as in the devil, wants to use this as a time to create fear in the church, and he wants to make you question your God right now. You know why? Because back in January, us pastors, we were all stepping up and talking about how God's going to do something this year that, he's, that we hadn't seen him do before. Y'all remember, remember that? We were talking about how this year, God's about to do something. We can feel it. God's getting ready to do something great in the American church. Y'all, I'm telling you, God's going to do something. We've been preaching it, right? I, don't, I feel like preaching today, if y'all just hang with me for a minute. Y'all cool with that? Y'all cool with that? All right. We, we've been preaching about this kind of stuff. And now what's happening is the enemy wants to come in and he wants to steal that seed. And he wants to use this situation. And he wants to speak, wants to speak against you and create, create doubt in you right now. And make you think, oh, well, well I thought God was going to do great things. My God, we can't even go meet at church right now. I love that the Bible actually teaches us that we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I can't, I can't come be in a room of people right now. I talked about this Wednesday night with Dad. I, I can't just live for God week to week now. I can't wait for Sunday. No, but right now, I got to live for God today. Come on, I want to talk to the high priest of the homes right now. I'm, 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 speaking, I'm giving some concepts, and some of this was very encouraged by John Maxwell that I'm going to actually bring to you today. I want to speak to some high priests in the homes right now. Moms, maybe moms, single moms who's the high priest in your home. Maybe those dads who are the high priest of your house right now. Right now, pastors, this is all we can, this is, this is all we're allowed, this is the best we can do right now. And I want to encourage you high priests right now to stand up. I want to encourage you right now that you high priest of your homes, and I feel emotional about it because I'm a dad too in my home. Right now, the enemy cannot prevail against you. Maybe, maybe dad, maybe, maybe, maybe your kids need to see some fire in your eyes. Maybe single mom, maybe, maybe, maybe your kids need to see some fire in your eyes, and they need to see you pray like you pray. Quit hiding it from them and show them what it looks like. This is what prayer looks like. We, we pray with our kids every night. You know why? 
Because we want them to see what this is how prayer, and we lay it out. And it's very simple prayers for kids, and I know that. But I lay it out, and I always, I want them to know something. Always come to him with thanksgiving in your heart. In other words, I don't care what's going on outside. I don't care what the circumstances say. No, I still trust you. I trust you. And God, tonight, I'm going to be thankful. And I always tell them, hey, let's thank God that we got a home to come home to tonight and lay our head down. And I'm going to say this right now, and I don't mean this to bring any negative feeling to you right now, but there's some parents right now, and you're worried about how long am I going to be? You've lost your jobs. There's people here that have lost their jobs that are part of this church. You're wondering, how am I going to provide? You know how we always pray that God would make provision for us? Y'all remember that? We always pray that God would protect us. Here's why. You know, those, easy, those prayers sound easy when everything's going okay. Those prayers are, are cool. They say, yeah, God, I always protect my money. My bank account looks good. But what about when the provision doesn't look like it's going to be there? Do you believe he's still providing for you right now? So that's a decision you have to make. And I think this is huge right here. Listen to this. What was different? What made Elisha different? There were some ingredients that prepared Elisha for moments like this. This moment that he stood out there and he looked over what would be a type of a battlefield and he said no to his servant. He said, those that are with us are greater than these. It's in this moment right here that we see some ingredients. Elisha Number one thing to understand about Elisha is he had served Elijah for years. And at some points, the older prophet had actually tried to get him to quit following him because he said, look, man, my days are coming to an end. Why don't you just go ahead and set up shop somewhere? And Elisha, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, I've spent too much time with you to turn away now. And there was a key point, there was, there was a reason why his consistency was rewarded when he was given the privilege of picking up Elijah's mantle, representing the role of leadership, ministry, and influence for the people of God. Now I'm going to tell you what, I've been watching some old-time preachers pass on in the last couple of years. And I remember sitting in one of those, it was one of the great, I mean, a, a, a true oak of righteousness. We call him Bishop here, T.F. Tenney. And someone spoke a word to the young men in the room. Who will, and and I, I know, I, I watched some of the men who were there in that room, some of his family members, and I'm like, man, there's, there's some mantle chasing happening in this room right now. I told my, I looked in over to my wife. I said, there's some mantle chasing happening in here right now. She laughed. She said, I know it. And I said, it, it, it's, it's crazy because everyone here, every young guy here knows, and every, every middle-aged pastor here, we, we know what kind of mantle has been left hanging right here. And I want to say to those of us who are, I'm in my 30s, and those of us who are leaders in our homes, and those of us who, maybe if you're a pastor or you feel a calling of God in your life, I want to say to you right now that some of those men have passed on, and now it's our, it's, it's our time. It's our day. And maybe, maybe you're not a preacher, but you're just a believer. And when I say just a believer, I'm saying that kind of facetiously, because just being a believer means you're a child of God. So I'm speaking to you right now. Some of the greats, think about people who we've considered great throughout history. 
men that have lived in our lifetime. Many of them were born in the Depression. Many of them lived through the World War II generation. My, my wife's grandmother lost a brother on the USS Bismarck in the South Pacific. Had countless family members fight over. They were a Navy family. Had countless members fight over in the, in the, in the, in the big one, World War II. And those men lived through adversity, and it's, 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 it's what made them who they are. And they had a determination and a tenacity that maybe our generation, we haven't, we haven't seen enough bad times yet to understand those moments. And this morning, I, I want to be clear with you about something. We're where we are right now for a reason. What will we take from this? Now, hang with me for a minute this morning. Elisha's example teaches us a few things that I, I want to bring to you. His life example, who this man was, who, who this man was, who, this moment that he says. And by the way, this is just one of the great moments that Elisha experienced. But this is the one I wanted to focus on today because I feel like it speaks to our situation right now. Elisha actually did twice the miracles. The Bible records twice the miracles of Elijah. Elijah was the one who called down fire from heaven, remember? Elisha was there when Elijah was taken, and I'm going to dig into that a little deeper earlier. But the first thing, one of, I'm going to teach you, bring four things to you right here. First example that we see from Elisha is this, that you have to want it. You have to want to see God's perspective right now. What do you mean? I, because some people thrive, or they think they do, but really what they're doing is dying in it. But they think that they thrive in the negative. They love it. They, they, they're pulling up constantly. Y'all know what, what, who some of those people are. They pull up constantly the negative and just, ooh, yeah, just, just love that negative. Just love that negative. Negative, negative. negative. I don't want to see. And, and the second somebody... Has this happened to anybody, by the way? You've said something encouraging on Facebook in the past two weeks, and somebody was like, eh. What is that? That's the sound of a troll when they pop out from under their bridge and poke you. Eh. No. You can't say anything positive right now. You're supposed to be afraid because I'm afraid, and you got to be afraid. And instead, you said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to believe in some hope right now. I'm sorry, I just thought maybe I'd share some hope. You see, you got to want to see it. Some people don't want to see that God can use this for greatness right now. Instead, they thought, and this is the problem, with, and I, I'm not trying to be mean or call out anybody. I'm not doing that. I'm not calling out any specific church. I'm not doing that at all. But I want to say this. Here's a little bit of a problem with the American church for so long that we, we, we've had our cool videos, and, we, and we're doing this. Hey, thank God that we can have these cool videos. If you're at home right now, give it up for these guys. What a cool worship team that we can just come together and do all these. But we, we, we have this idea of God's plan being for our life, being this big grand moment, and everything's perfect, and it all works great, and it's all happy-go-lucky, and everything's great. And, and then when it doesn't happen that way, we think, something's wrong, God. And right now what I'm trying to tell you is nothing's wrong in God's perspective. God knows exactly what He's doing right now. What if we don't get the grand moment that we have 
created for ourselves is the way it should because that's what we're doing sometimes and we say this is this would be awesome if god would do this and then when he doesn't do it exactly like that i think that's such a key deal right there that that, that we miss out on so often is is that we we speak things into existence but i've also started I, I pray god let your will be done let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life as it is in heaven because sometimes I may be asking for things, I may be pushing for things that it sounds, it's, it's, it's my great moment that I made up for myself. And God's looking at you going, you're not there yet. And what Elisha knew was he had to wait for it, and he did. And this is key right here. God's timing is not based on our feelings, but instead on his purpose. If you're here with me right now, say a purpose. That's a key point right there his purpose because my feelings say i want it to be this way and god it would be great if you would do it like this because it would be it would make me feel better and he's looking at us saying but that's not for my that, that's not going to work better for my purpose the next thing is you got to stick with it in other words when he doesn't work it out the timing that i want him to work it out in i don't just quit him i don't give up on him i still trust him and i still see that he's doing what he wants to do and I'm going to tell you what, I, I, want, I want God to do nothing other than what he wants to do. Because when he does things his way, let me tell you something, it's better for all of us. His timing, I want to read that to you one more time. His timing is not based on our feelings, but instead on his purpose. And then look this, no matter what the world's circumstances are, I have to remember God's purpose for my life. No matter what happens, i got to stick with it. i got to trust God for what he's doing. And the last point I want to make off of this is this. You have to ask boldly for it. You know why Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah? Here's why. Because Elisha had the audacity and the courage to ask God and to ask of Elijah for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. He had the audacity. So what does, this, what does this have to do, do, do with this time, Chris? Here's what it has to do with this time. Pray for God to do great things beyond my understanding. Pray daring prayers, not safe ones right now. What, 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 is that, what, what, is that, what does that mean right now to, to this moment right now? No, no. It, it, does it mean I pray, God, do more work? No. God, I want to see your victory in this moment. I want to see what you're doing. I want to see what you have in store for this. I want to see how you're going to work this out because I know when you do it your way, it's always a win for me. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens to me in this situation. I don't care what i got to go through. God, as long as it's your plan for my life, I trust your way, not my will. So you know what, God? I want to see how big you really are. I want to see how big you can really be. I want to see the great things that you said. All those things I read about in the Old Testament. I want to see them now, God, in this moment. But it may not happen as quick as I want it, but I'm still going to trust you. God, even for the things that I cannot see in this very moment, I still trust that you are working something out big right now. Come on, that's good stuff. I don't care where you're at right now. That's some good stuff. Because when you can trust God in the down times, and I'm, I'm about to jump over to another prophet for just a second, because I want to bring something to you. But listen to me for a second. I want to say that one more time. Be daring enough to pray big prayers right now. Go ahead and pray. If you want God, if it be your will, God, just heal our whole nation right now. But if he doesn't, know that it's for a greater purpose that he did not. 
listen to this. What ended up happening? I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this concept of Elisha right here, and I'm gonna move on for a second because I I got some. I, come, come, I know y'all got plenty of time. We'll preach about three hours today. No, I'm kidding. But uh, everybody's like, what? No, no, that's not happening. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting there. Listen to me for a second. Second Kings six and seventeen says, and Elisha prayed, opened his eyes. Lord, speaking back, going back to the story of Elisha with his servant. He says, open his eyes. If you're at home right now, if you're with me right now, say, open my eyes, Lord. He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, Elisha knew what surrounded him. This is an argument I made on Wednesday night when we were talking about this. Is it possible Elisha couldn't see him at that moment? But this is not the first time he's seen a chariot of fire. Why are you saying that, Chris? Here's why I'm saying that. Because right now, I want to talk to the people who have seen the miraculous. If you're at home right now, you've seen God do miracles. Because there's a lot of philosophical Christians in the world right now. And I'm not trying to be mean right now. And a lot of them are like, and we, we keep hearing this. And, he, and I've said it, but I'm not meaning it in the way they mean it. But a lot of people are saying, right now we have to use wisdom right now. And really, it's just a poor excuse for I don't have enough faith to believe God can do anything great. Ooh. I know that was kind of rough, and it was a little stout of me. But let me tell you something right now. I do believe in wisdom. That's why we're not meeting here in a big old group here. I agree. But right now, we, we, we're some of us here having faith that we're here on the, in this church working together right now. And I have faith that God is working out this situation. Come on. If you want to clap on it, y'all can get, all, get, get after it over there. Look at that. Listen to me for a second. This is, this is, this is, this is it's so important. That we realize how miraculous and how big our God is right now. And that's why today I'm tired of talking about turning your fear and all this. If you're still living in fear right now, come on now. Pick yourself up. Stand in the promises of God and realize I serve a great God no matter what happens. No matter if, if it doesn't work out exactly how I want it to work out. I don't care. Welcome America to what the rest of the world is facing. Our brothers and sisters in, in Africa and in Asia and different countries have faced, have faced persecutions that we have not ever dreamed of seeing. And right now, we may feel some of us may feel sorry for ourselves in this moment, but I want to tell you right now, here's our chance to have faith like our brothers and sisters in Africa and Asia have had, where they've seen the dead raised. Come on. Now, I just stepped out there, didn't I? I just stepped out there on that, and now somebody might pass away, and somebody might call me and say, Chris, are you going to come pray for my family member? And Dad, I'm going to have to go pray for their family member. <laughs> that's, a big, that's, a, that's a bold statement, isn't it? What if America started walking in a faith that our brothers and sisters in other countries have had for years, but we have not been able to tap into because things have just been a little too easy for us, and we've been just a little too comfortable for too long? You see, see, this is an opportunity now. It's not a scary thing anymore when you look at it like that. You start looking at it and realizing, this is my opportunity to go deeper with God. And this morning, I, 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 was, I, was, very, I was heavily questioning whether or not I should preach this because I was like, man, this is going to be kind of rough. So people are not really going to understand this. And now, 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 now that I'm here in this moment, I really feel like God is speaking this to us right now. Here's your moment. America, you really want me? You really want to do things my way, church? Here's your moment to meet me in a way you've never met me before and to trust me in a way that you haven't had to trust me in a long time. Now, those people that lived in the Depression, they know what that looked like. 
Those people who lived through the, was it 1918, the influenza epidemic that, that happened during that period of time, they know what it looks like. But see, us, our generation, we haven't had to face it yet in America. And here we are at a moment. And I want to remind you, you're called to this moment, right here, right now. God sees exactly where you are, and He's not surprised by it. I'm going to say that a few times today. Listen to this. This reminds me of someone in Scripture in Jeremiah. I'm, I'm in the Old Testament. I'm going to wrap up in the New Testament today, but listen to me for a second. The Word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you. We love to preach this, this passage of Scripture right here. We've heard this so many times, and we say it in, in the American church. When we say it, we're like, y'all know what I'm talking about? You know how we, it feels so good. Doesn't it? It feels so. My wife said, try not to be too schizophrenic this morning and do too many voices because it looks weird on TV. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's like, but, but no, seriously, we do. We, as, as the American church, we read this. It's like, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you, you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And we read that. And we're like, God knew who I was. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And it is awesome. It says, alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. And this is huge right here. He said, I am too young. Here's Jeremiah in this moment. He says, I'm too young. I'm not ready for this moment. He says, he says too, he says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. He says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. And then he says this, key point, everybody would say it with me, see. He says, see, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? And he answered him back. He said, I see a branch of almond tree, I replied. He, he begins to speak back. But the, the key point right there is he says, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I want to remind you at this moment, and the reason I, I said that about, you know, he has plans to prosper me and all that, and he, I plan to, because Jeremiah was not called to a pretty situation. Jeremiah was not called to a moment that looked great. It was God's plan, but it's going to be a rough ride. Here he was called to this moment. The scripture says in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 30, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. So even though I'm calling you into this hard time and it looks wild around you, man, it's going to look, it's going to look crazy. It's not ideal. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What if instead of, what if instead of, trying to seek God to get him to pull us out of this situation, we started seeking God to get him to let us see what he's doing in this situation. What if we did that? Because listen to me for just a second. 
he goes on. And, he, and from there, we, we see God do great things. And I want to say this to you. God's definition of prosper is not always in line with our definition of it. Sometimes our definition of prosper means that you're just going to pull me out of everything and make everything okay. And, and that's, not, that's, not, that's not what he means. It means I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, you're gonna do great things in my name. You're gonna do great things in my kingdom, but it won't always look perfect. Sometimes there are times it's gonna look rough. And right now, what I, the reason I feel like God wants to speak this to, to our church right now is, is for this reason. I believe God is raising our church up to be to have a toughness and to have a grit. In River City, you're at home right now. I, I don't mean to sound harsh to you this morning. I'm telling you all, I'm preaching what I'm preaching you today so that you will understand that God has made you for this moment. And I want to tell you right now, you can do this. You can handle this moment. And really, if you look, the rest of the world looks in on us at this moment, and some of them probably think, really, y'all are really depressed about this? This is not that bad, some of them are probably saying. But for us, this is scary. But let me tell you something. You can walk a greater calling and a greater anointing if you'll do things God's way. And when we come out of this, we will be redefined and reset and reshaped as the church. And so as one man spoke it this week, and I loved what he said, that we're gonna, he's gonna, God's going to not represent us, He's going to represent us to this world. And we're going to be stronger from this than we have ever been. Right now, the church is not falling behind. We're moving forward. And that's why I'm preaching this today, because I want to lean in to the calling that God has set before us. I don't, want to, I don't want to play defense right now. No, it's time to go on the offense, church. Even if I can't walk out of my house right now, it's time for us to prosper in His calling and in His purpose for our lives in this moment. Come on, that's some good stuff. Now listen to me for a second as I wrap up this morning. There's, there's a couple couple points I want to make to you right here. Elisha, he, he spent years, listen to this, learning from Elijah. How, how, how do we live like Elisha right now in this moment? So I preached about what we need to do, but now how do we do it? Elisha actually went from being a son of a wealthy farmer. He, he was wealthy, he was, a, he was a rich kid, to the servant of an, of a, of a, of a itinerant prophet. Listen to this. He left a season of sowing in the field to enter a season of sowing in his spirit. Elisha killed all his teams of oxen as to never have something to fall back on. In other words, he didn't have a safe place to go back to. He made sure of that. He made sure that I don't have anywhere to go after this. I'm done. God, I'm doing it your way. I'm following your will and your way. You know what? Maybe in a, in a way we need to cut off some old things. Maybe there were some things that were safe before. Maybe getting to do things the way we always did it in church, it felt safe. But now God's looking at us and saying, no, I want to redefine you. I want to turn that a little bit. Maybe, maybe I want you to get sick of entertainment. So I'm, I'm going to give you your fill of entertainment for a while because you can't move. All you can do is watch TV. You're going to go get so sick of it. You're going to get sick, sick of text messaging. You're going you're to miss seeing people's faces. You're going to miss human touch again where you hug people. I can't wait to hug some of you guys when I see you right back here at church on that first Sunday back. You're, I, 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 we're going to actually enjoy being together face to face again. I can't wait to go and break bread with my church family again. I, all these guys that we're here working together today, guess where we're going after this? Home. We don't even, well, I'm not even getting to go hang out with them and I want to hang out with them so bad. You see, maybe God is redirecting our focus to actually care about others more 
This is a time where we value each other. I miss you. Can't wait. He bound himself to God's way is what he did. Listen, like Elisha, Jeremiah, you, have, you, have, you also are facing good news and bad news. The good news is this. You're called. Everybody say, I'm called. The bad is that it, it's not necessarily going to happen the way you think it should sometimes. And, and in Jeremiah's case, it may not be in the, you may not be called to a comfortable time. But you accept what God's called you to. Leadership requires patience, perseverance, serving, and seasoning. This is John, Ma- John Maxwell talks about this. He says, when you receive a call from God, you may be anxious to begin immediately, but God may first call you to into obscurity for the seasons of learning. Right now, what can I learn? Elisha spent years learning from Elijah. Elijah. Ask God what you need to learn right now. And here's some points for you. What, 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 what do I need to learn right now? What, what do you do when living between expectation, when you're living between the expectation of God's calling and, and then the reality of what's going on around you? Here's what you do. Number one, give your best to whatever situation God puts you in. Give your best right now. If my best is just praying and digging into the Word right now, that's, that's what I need to do. If my best is loving my family and leading them and showing them what it looks like, that's what I need to do. Listen, focus more on God's purpose than your position. What do you mean position? The position I'm left in right now. Focus more on what God's doing. And this is another one, last one right here. Help others see what God is doing in their life toward His purpose for them. Encourage each other right now. I want to leave you with this story of Zacchaeus. And this is actually in the book of Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. Wanted to see. Wanted to see. Everybody say see. Remember? My wife, by the way, is one. I was, I was trying to figure out a way how to close this, and she helped me close it. She said, what about this story? I said, man, that's perfect. So he ran ahead and climbed in a sycamore fig, uh, in a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, the tree was planted before he was ever born. I want to make that point right there. That, that doesn't say that in that scripture. Here's a point I want to make. That tree was planted before he was ever born. For this moment. For this meeting. It's called provision. God provided that tree for that moment so that Zacchaeus could cry out to Jesus. I don't know where you're at and what you're facing right now, but God, what you need is there for you right now. You don't need for anything else to work out in your favor. No, 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 no. What you need for you to be close to God is there for you right now. It's here. It's now. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So here's this moment where Zacchaeus, God provided this tree so that Jesus could cry out to him and say, Zacchaeus, come here. I see you. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. At that time, that's a bad thing. Listen to this. He said, I see you. He says, I want to come to your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. 
And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to, to be with the, uh, the guest of a sinner. Yeah, if you're watching today and you're a non-believer, you're a sinner. You're welcome at River City, by the way. He says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and I have cheated. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back their pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, "Today, this is huge. Just a point I want to make to you today. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham." Right, in that same succession, those same Elisha, Jeremiah, all those people that I've been talking about. This man is a son. Let me tell you right now that we've heard great things from our forefathers of, the, of, of Christian faith. But now is our moment. What will we do with this moment? As our full team comes back today, listen to this. Jesus said, "I'm going to read that again today. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son." Of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, he says, Keep your lives free. And this is huge right here. This is my closing. This is, I want to leave you with this this morning. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has, has said. Now, now why, why'd you read that part, Chris? Because right now we're worried about what we don't have, right? We're worried about what's going to happen if we lose everything, right? But what does His Word say? His Word says, be content with what you have. Remember I told you, you have everything you need right now for God to do what He needs to do in your life. It's there. You're okay. God loves you. He sees you. Now I want to read on. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. See, Elisha was very clear about something in that moment as he was surrounded. He's already seen his God do great things. And in that moment, as he looks around him and he sees he's, uh, his enemy is all encamped about him. And here he is, he looks around, there they all are. He knows in this very moment, never, his God has told him before, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And to where, whatever situation you're in at home right now, and I know I'm taking a little time this morning, but hey, where you got to go? Listen to me for a second. Never will our God leave us and never will He forsake us. He's called you to this moment, to this time, to this place. He sees you just like Zacchaeus in that tree. He sees you where you are right now. And He's telling you in your home, I love that I'm getting to preach this message to you at home right now. Salvation has come to this house. You need salvation in your house? You need someone filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your house today? Lay hands on them right now. Come on, church. Here you are right now. We're the church. I can't, I, I can't be in the church. I can't be in the building with everybody else. Right now, you ought to start praying to God. Right now, you ought to go ahead and get your family in there. If they, if they slept in, you let them sleep in because they didn't want to go to church this morning, go kick them out of bed and tell them, hey, today, salvation has come to this house. Tonight, and that right now is a time of awakening. Right now is the time for us to wake up. And I'm going to tell you what, the devil has just, I believe that the devil is awakening. Now we saw the physical awakening of the sleeping giant World War II. What if right now what was going on is there's an awakening of the sleeping giant that is the church that is about to rise up and do great things that have never been seen before. 
wide, some hardship has driven us into a moment of realization that my God is great and I can stand on Him. You can take away all my wealth. You can take away everything. You can let this, I don't know what's going to happen with all these things, but God, I trust you right now, God, and I believe that you are going to never, you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You will do what you said you will do. You will prosper me. And it may not look like what I think, but you'll do it. Listen, what did he say? He said, so we say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can mortality, what can, what can all these things, what can it do to me? I'm not afraid because I serve a great God. And this morning, as these guys begin worshiping again, I want you at home right now, close your eyes. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for taking care of us in the hard times. And God, I pray right now, God, over each and every family at home right now, I pray for your spirit to move into their living rooms right now, wherever they are right now. I pray for your power to move, God, as I feel your presence right now, as we feel your presence right here, right now, God. Let them feel your presence in their homes, in their living rooms, God, in their bedrooms, wherever they are right now, God. Let them feel your power, God. And the promise that you've put over them and the calling that you've put over them. We are called to this moment, moment, God, and we will not despise our calling, but we will stand up right now. We will suit ourselves up with armor, and we will stand in this moment we have been called to, God. And we are thankful that we are called to this moment, to this time, and to this place. God, have your way in your church. We're asking you as River City, do what you want to do in us, God. Lead us into the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name. And God, today, if you're watching right now and you want to give your life to God, you want to repent today, simply say this, God, I give myself to you, God. And today, God, what he's talking about, that infilling of the baptism of the Spirit he's talking about, God, I want that. If you want to be baptized, like I told you last week, we'll make sure you get baptized. Even during all this, we'll figure out a way. But as these guys begin to worship right now and they're firing up right now, I'm going to step out of the way. You ought to have one more worship service in your house just for a few more minutes. Just start worshiping God and loving on Him for a few more minutes. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To find out more about River City, find us at myrivercity.church or at River City Waco on social media.